Where the Whiteboards Are, a podcast by educators about all things education. Welcome to a bonus episode of Where the Whiteboards Are. On this episode, I, Jacob, take the podcast on the road for the very first time. And I'm solo. I'm actually going to a conference for the Missouri Association of Student Councils, where I get the opportunity to talk to student council advisors, leadership teachers from around the state of Missouri at different schools of various size all around the state. We're really not sure what topics we're going to cover, but I have no doubt that it's going to be interesting. We have a common thread um, in that we want to build positive climates, culture, and community within our schools, and then also the communities um, that we live and work. And we do that through student council. So if you're joining us for the first time, welcome to the podcast. Um, Normally we have four regulars that are on here and we're discussing and we have guests every now and then. But this format's going to be a lot different than we normally have. It's me and uh, a group of talented teachers that we're going to ask some questions to. If you're returning, if you're a regular listener, thank you for joining us on this bonus episode. Um, Maybe you weren't in student council or you are a teacher of a different student organization. I think you'll still find some valuable content here. Um, because these are veteran teachers, they're people who are making changes within their school and communities, and they're making a positive impact on students. And I know I'm excited to hear from them. I just wanted to make one additional note before we get started, because this is a conference, um, it's kind of a dynamic atmosphere. So you may hear some background noise, people talking in the background. That's just to due to the dynamic nature of the setting that we're in. And we're going to do the best that we can. It's all about content here. So just bear with us. Thanks. We'll start with some introductions here. I'll start us off just to give everybody a little format that we can use. I'm Jacob Conklin. I'm a former teacher. I taught for 11 years, both special education and regular education during my time. I taught leadership uh, and also a media class. I was a student council advisor for all 11 years. I have been involved with MASC since uh, I was in middle school, I guess, since the 90s. Um, And I've really never stopped being involved. So that's a little bit about me. And we'll go ahead and introduce everybody else here. Uh, My name is Jill Villasana, and I teach social studies at Battle High School in Columbia, Missouri. This is my 22nd year teaching social studies, my 10th year as a student council sponsor. But I think I'm a born again student council sponsor because I only started getting involved with MASC about five years ago. I am Leslie Schneiders. Um, I've taught freshman for 23 years. I'm at Columbia at, at Hickman High School. Um, this is my 11th year of being student council advisor. I was 10 years until they shifted high school and had a brief hiatus because of the advisor that was there. And so now I'm back and like super, super excited. Yeah. I am Tina Alferman. I currently teach at Union High School in Union, Missouri. This is my 12th year teaching. I did three years at the post-secondary level, and this is my ninth year at Union I'm also one of the student council advisors. I was a Stuco kid growing up when I was in high school, so I, just, I love being part of it again on the other end of it. Okay, my name's Tom Spivey. I'm from Jennings High School. This is my 24th year as a social studies teacher and my 11th year as student council advisor. Um, been involved with MASC for the last 11 years of my school. 
I was not a Stuco kid, but I was a real active kid in high school. So I was a part of a bunch of clubs and stuff. And student council is just an awesome thing I'm discovering with my own students. Uh, so I'm Dan Wright. I am a librarian at Oakville and Melville High Schools in the St. Louis area. Uh, I was a Stuco kid for five years, went to camp, did all that stuff. And this is my 15th year doing Stuco in some capacity at a couple of different high schools. I think one of the things that I th- that's worth bringing up is the fact that w- we are all in the Stuco world, the student council world, but so many people don't know really what student council is. They have this image or stereotype in their head from movies or TV of what it was in like the 80s or 90s. Like it's this popular kids club, but it's definitely not that in Missouri. And I should state that every school has a student council, but not every school has a student council that's part of the Missouri Association of Student Councils. So they all kind of look a little bit different, but I'd really like to go around and, and hear from you all. And it can be a popcorn thing. We don't have to like go in order. Like in your mind, what, how would you describe your student council to somebody off the street who has no idea? I would probably describe mine as very diverse. Um, you have your worker bees, you have the leaders, you have the students who are just really ready to get involved, but they're not sure what direction to get, um, to go to get involved. And so it, it makes for a really, to me, we, we have a very strong council this year because they're all feeding off of each other and the communication is, and you, they have to have a really strong communication. I think a lot of people, because student council is often synonymous with student government, so I think a lot of people outside of student council have this idea that it's more political and it's about making the big decisions, but I think it's really more about just the students who are the leaders of the student body. They're their voice. They're the ones deciding what kind of events do we want to have. What is the climate and culture of our school? You know, what is our character? What do we stand for? What do we get hyped up about? And they're the ones that are planning all of those things and being the voice for everybody of here's what we want. Here's what everybody wants. Let's make it happen. Yeah, I know when I went to high school, uh, I thought that student council was just a popular kid club. And maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I didn't get involved in it, but. Well, then it wasn't the popular kid club at your school. Oh, if you're not <laughs> that's it. It was not popular kid. I just didn't figure that out while I was in high school. So, uh, but I know that uh, one of the things that sticks with me from MASC is that student councils for everybody. So basically, we try to be as inclusive as possible. We do have elections for class officers, class representatives at my school, but any student can come to me or approach a principal and we will get them on student council in some capacity because we need everybody to get our tasks done. And one of the things that I really stress with my students is that student council is about relationships. You got to build relationships with people at school and after you leave high school. That relationship building is super important. Yeah, I think this idea of it being the popular group, it's not completely unfounded, but I think a lot of people have the backwards perception of it. You don't have to be popular to be in student council, but being in student council is going to make you the face on everything and therefore you end up becoming popular because you're the voice of the whole school and that's, you're the one kind of leading everything. It's not about building our own accolades. It's making sure everybody else gets noticed, recognized, included. Right. We're thanking the staff. We're thanking the students. Thank you for a great homecoming. Right. For your participation. Yeah. 
No, the after homecoming comment is, man, that DJ wasn't very good. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you took away from this? We did all yeah. this stuff. You're like, oh, yeah. it's, they played all the same songs that you loved last mm-hmm. year, but no, not this time. <laughs> well, I have to give a shout out to Jill um, because at Hickman, the person who was leading student government, it was not student council, um, had no desire to be part of MASC and, and they were also my department chair, so I had to tread very lightly with how much I pushed. And then I started following Jill on Instagram, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're part of student council. So I, I think, I mean, I have to say hats off. You all have done an amazing job with cohesiveness and just what it's done for battle, just things that I've seen and, and, and comments and everything up. So I hope you know, I mean, that was, I'm like, oh, yay, somebody else is involved in this, and they've embraced it. And But no, you've done more than you even realize. So yeah, it was very inspiring. And the nice thing for you all is it's you're still one community. It's still yes. Columbia. We're still Columbia. Right? Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the great thing about student council is that it can be defined based off the needs of the school, the advisor, the students, the community. It can really look so much different depending on where you go but there's all these common threads well and i think to piggyback your shout out what makes student council different from the other student clubs is especially at the state level we're not in competition it's the more we work together together the better that we are like terry often says feed off each other you know football coaches aren't sharing their secret plays but if we have a really good event or find a really helpful way of doing something to make it more efficient we share that with everybody because we're all trying to build up everybody else as well yeah for sure and so I think that's worth stating again for anybody who's listening, when you, regardless of the student organization, there's usually a competition, right? There's, you can go to a local or district level and you can get first place in various skill sets, whether it's FCCLA, FFA, FBLA, what have you. But in student council, that's not a thing. It's not competitive. We might challenge another school in fundraising for food pantry or some nonprofit, but that's about as competitive as it gets. It's a productive competition. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's collaborative. Um, in the student council world, it's, it's back to what Tom said. It's relationships. And these teens are creating relationships with people in other schools and they're sharing resources. And the same with the advisors and teachers. It's, it's a huge network. Yeah. And it really becomes not just part of your character, but part of your soul and your whole identity. Like after these kids graduate, the ones, you know, go off to college and they're walking on campus with an MASC shirt and it's somebody they've never seen for like, oh my gosh, you, you were an MASC, you're a Stuco kid too. And yeah. automatically you have something in common with people, but it's something in your soul that you don't ever outgrow it. It never right, goes away. Right. It well, it's funny that you bring that up because I've heard so many stories of students like, oh, I saw somebody with, you know, X, Y, or Z t-shirt on like the, the rival school, like they're on the college campus. I'm like, you realize that stuff doesn't matter anymore. But those MASC kids are like, I saw somebody else with an MASC shirt. Like, we have this thing in common. Let's let's be friends for life. Exactly. Yeah, it's definitely a skill set that they can use. It's such a framework shift for kids because uh, we came to the state com- convention in Branson last year, and someone was talking about Adam Sandler Day and how it was a really great spirit day. And so we went back, and we had a spirit week, and we had an Adam Sandler Day. And no shocker, it was wildly successful. Everyone loved it. And then as homecomings are rolling out this fall, everybody's having Adam Sandler days. And some of my Stuco kids are thinking, oh my God, I cannot believe they're having an Adam Sandler day. They are copying. I said, nope, 
We no, they are not. <laughs> we copied other people, and I can look at every right. good thing we've done right. since the state convention, and I can think that school taught us about having workshops. That mm-hmm. school taught us about having this feel good week. That school taught us about the social media wall. I can think about that, and I'm excited to reconnect with advisors, mm-hmm. so I can say you had that idea that was so good, mm-hmm. and it it was awesome at my school. Yeah. And I it's just a huge claim compliment. We invented pajama day. Because <laughs> yes, I'm just going to stake a claim in that right here. So this is official. That? It doesn't matter. We invented yeah. pajama day. Nobody had thought of wearing pajamas before. I think that's before. Spirit yeah. day, right. particularly. Yeah. Day of the year. And it wasn't just invented pajama day. Like I think you no, all invented pajamas. pajamas. Yes. Like, yes. Not existed. Yes. No. No. People were wearing suits and ties to go to bed. To go to bed because it was the I, I'm day. wearing it when I go into the mine yeah. tomorrow, so I need to have it on now. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if whoever did come up with the adult onesie idea wasn't previously a student council oh, kid leading to pajama sphere day. One hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so if we can, let, if we can transition um, from just talking about Stuco in terms of what it is to us, we all real the, the people at this table realize that student council is leadership and leadership is very important outside of school. Let's talk about leadership in terms of like student council because student council is leadership. But again, I don't think most people realize like it's all about leadership. What's well, a chance to create events to put on events to go from zero to the end right and and then after and all of your uh discussion when it comes later so that next year you can make it better whatever the football team plenty of leadership skills plenty of great things you get from that but the quarterback is not designing the play the quarterback does not come in in august and sit down with the coaches and go here's what my plan is for the team the coaches say here's what you're going to do and if you don't do it we will replace you with a different quarterback if we have an event that we try and it doesn't go perfectly, I don't kick out my president and go, well, let's try a different kid because you couldn't handle this one. <laughs> this blood drive was worse than last year. So clearly you can't be the blood drive chair anymore. I'm going to go scout for other kids at other schools. I'm going to go to your school and go, they had a great blood drive. I'm poaching their kids. You're all out. We're like, right. And, and I have a, a, everybody has their own biased perspective. My brother was one year ahead of me in school and was a basketball player and was a very good basketball player, did great, led the team very well. He was a point guard, blah, 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 blah. I don't, you can't see me because this is a podcast. <laughs> you don't look at me and think athlete. Uh, and so Stuco is kind of my route in. And I always found that interesting with all my friends that played sports, that if they screwed up once, they could be done for a while. And some of them quit. They're like, well, that's it then. The coach thinks poorly of me. This all went down. It's terrible. And the ones that persevered, they're like, yeah, but then I learned to whatever. Well, I never had that. I didn't have somebody breathing down my neck going, if you mess up, I'm going to take over treasurer or like that just didn't happen. So I got to grow from mistakes. I got to, to work on what I was doing and that leadership angle of that of like, you're going to mess up. I've been teaching for 17 years and the mess ups are probably just as often as the wild successes. And at no point has somebody come along and gone, you're done. Never again. You can't teach that English lesson tomorrow. Yeah, you can. You have to be able to do it. And those kids that play sports, not all of them, but a lot of those kids, if your leadership style is, if I mess up, I have to fall apart because somebody else is going to step in for me. That's a totally different world. It's just a different way to kind of come out of it. Well, and I think along with that is there's not an individual in student council. So if something goes wrong with the assembly, you know, they didn't time it right or don't have the resources for a specific game. It's in the evaluation afterwards. It's like, okay, you dropped the ball. 
what can you learn from this? It's always a we approach. Like, here's where we didn't think ahead or here's where we, you know, messed up. What can we do better next time? And so it's not about taking credit, but it is about taking blame when things go wrong for the whole group. It's such a group effort. And I think that's how everybody grows because we learn from other people's mistakes because we're in it together. I don't know if we're hating on the ball sports too much today, but uh, if we think about it from the perspective of that football team, at no point in time did anyone on the football team say, this school would be better if we had a football team. We should play a football game against another team, right? And so I think that idea of leadership, again, looking at your school community and seeing like, what do we have? What do we not have? What should we have? And being able to have that problem solving mindset to even be able to get into those events or those activities or building that tradition. It's, it's a wide open array of yes. what could be done. It's well, really that, exciting. Yeah, that mindset of it's for everybody. So we're looking at, okay, not what is great about our school, but who are the kids that aren't involved in anything? Who are the kids that don't have their special group? How can we get them involved in coming up with those new ideas, new events, traditions to get those other kids involved that already aren't? This past week, okay, we were, it was homecoming on Friday. At the football game, a girl came up and said, hey, you're a person who helps kids get things done. And like my heart stopped, right? I was like, this is it. This is my big moment. Don't <laughs> But she, she said, I want to do, I want to do powder puff. And I said, okay. I mean, our school's only 10 years old. So we don't have all the traditions yet that other schools have. And I said, okay, let's talk about it. I said, come in on Wednesday after school. Let's do this. She showed up with two friends after school Friday. We talked through it for 45 minutes. We got a list. Everybody's got to-do lists. By Friday, we're already starting to communicate back with one another. This is done. This is done. I contacted this person. It was so engaging. And again, they, they saw that hole. This is something that would be fun. We even talked through... How do we make powder puff more inclusive? Okay, well, we don't call it powder puff because girls can play football. We don't call it powder puff because anybody who wants to play flag, flag, flag football with us can play flag football with us. Um, but the idea of let's take this great idea and let's make it better and then let's make it for our whole school. It, and that was Wednesday, right? That's just a Wednesday. Awesome. It was great. And you're still feeling the high from it. I know, <laughs> it really was. It was, I felt like when she said, you're a person who helps kids get things done. I was done. I would just... Yeah, it's like when a new kid transfers in, whether from another district or, you know, out of state or something. And, okay, what are your interests? How do we get you involved? I want to, I want to get involved. Where do I go? And they're like, let me introduce you to student council. They will find you a place. You know, even if it's not with us, we'll help put them in an, another club that probably would fill that niche for them. And I think it's worth stating here. Like, we're not knocking on sports. We're not knocking on other organizations. Oh, I, I want to be very clear. <laughs> that all the other things that students can do are garbage. Stuco or nothing. That's right. If my student council kids were involved with fewer sports, we could get even more yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love how involved they are, but yeah. come on, people. Yeah. If they I could so get them to quit half of the things that they do, and then most, the school would fall apart. But <laughs> Most of us are probably friends with the other sponsors and advisors and coaches in our schools. And Competition are, says no. <laughs> and there are great skills to be learned in those other things. You know, FFA is, is based in agriculture and that doesn't draw everybody. Not everybody may find a home there. And, and FFA, FFA may disagree with that. I work very closely with our FFA. And what we found, you know, towards the end of my teaching career is if they sent their officers to my program, to my leadership class, we both benefited. And the same with the other organizations too. I mean, student council is unique in that it helps prop up those other organizations, not just itself. 
you know, it's really not self-serving. Um, so it's, it's unique in that way. And the same with sports. I mean, we definitely have coaches within MASD that realize, oh my gosh, when our kids go to that leadership workshop, they're way better leaders on, on the field. Yeah, it definitely helps create that overlap. Like I know with our leadership class, we have captains from the sports teams, the presidents of the other clubs and organizations. Not every kid that's in the leadership class is in student council. They right. usually kind yeah. of inherit in, into and they become part of it. But it's really about uh, the other sports and organizations are great opportunities to learn those leadership skills. But student council is where they execute their leadership skills. It's where they can actually put them into action. Yeah. And it, with the other things, I mean, they're, they're doing leadership, but nobody's going to not agree with that statement. But it, they're doing it in such a, a narrow field within student council because the students are creating the project most of the time or they're getting a large say, it's, it's very broad in what they get to do. So they're learning leadership in so many different ways. Well, and I think you're also, when you're in most other clubs, talking about FFA, which I have no experience. Tom, I would love to hear your thoughts on how FFA is going in your building. We, uh, don't, we don't have an active membership. No. Really. Uh, but, but those things that are built on uh, either skill that we all share mm-hmm. or a very common, narrow common interest. If I'm in FFA, and we need to put together, I, I can't even make up an FFA event, would be, but we're going to put on this thing. I can bet that this narrow group of kids are going to show up and I don't want or need anybody else to show up. This is for this group, right? The football team is not planning things for everybody. The basketball team's not. A lot of those other clubs, uh, Tabletop Games Club is not putting on a big event for a thousand kids where you can come from every other sport and every other club when you're working in student council and student leadership stuff, you have to think about how could I actually get other people to want to do this? The football team, and I'm just, because that gets a crowd, the football team is not thinking at practice, how will we get kids to come to our game? How can we make our game more exciting? They're just going, how can we win? We're going, how can we put on a good event? But a lot of what a good event is, is did everybody show up? Or was it just these 10 kids that come to everything because they like Stuco and they're like, I'll get points and this is fun for me. You don't have that in those other groups. It's just a different brand of doing things, a different way of uh, expanding kind of your reach and who you're focusing. And I want to jump back to something you mentioned earlier about failure. So Terry's the one that kind of brings this up. And I actually heard her tell this story earlier today about, you know, in, in true leadership and in student council, we will let you fail. But there's that safety net of like, it's okay to fail because failure is a part of life and it's, it's about growth. And yeah, that's very unique yeah. in, in, in terms of organizations and any cultural mindsets of like, it's okay to fail as long as we're going to do it in the right way and, and helping kids learn how to navigate that. Yeah. And I, I, when I would tell students that, you know, some of those new students were like, gosh, you're going to let us fail. And then it's, it's, you know, setting them up and we yeah. all have stories of man, of those events that something happened, yeah. you know, but that's okay. Like, yeah, it really points out that difference between failing and feeling like a failure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Really. So we're like, okay, yeah. yeah, I dropped the ball. What can I learn from this? How can I do Perfect. it better next time? Yeah. How do we share this experience to help other people from making the same mistake? But it's not the Dan, like you were saying earlier, oh, you failed. We're going to replace you. Yeah. Well, and it, think about the the to put a little shine on MASC because I mean I do all as often as I can. Our recognition, right? Our award for schools is not based on percentage of wildly successful events. It is 
Here's criteria that show that you are trying to do things to better your school and better your leadership and work with everybody in a wide spectrum of things. You did that? Great. Here's the award. Here's the recognition for that thing. Not, I don't know, your Stuco went two and 12 this year, so (laughs) you don't get anything. Which is, I think, again, that mindset is just a different way of approaching it. If Tom is 15 for 15 every year, and I can go, man, I wish my school worked as hard as his kids did on some, but my school can still get recognized for going five and 10 or whatever, but we tried 15 things. We tried to, to make these work. But the five and 10 is better than the two and 12 from the year before. Yes. And it's all just building. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last thing I want to do, um, maybe before we, we stop or move on to a different topic, let's talk student council and how it prepares students for life outside of high school. Um, I can speak personally to that because both of my girls were involved in it. Ironically, when y'all are talking about FFA, I mean, they are 180s from each other. My oldest was all in student council, graduated from MU with hotel and restaurant management and hospitality. And then my youngest is in ag systems management. And she was like, mom, I wish I would have been in FFA because I was all in you know, student council. But my oldest who is getting ready to turn 29 is, you know, an assistant manager for a hotel in, in Charleston. And she's like, student council prepared me for this. I mean, she has talked to me many times that she has that natural personality, but she said just the leadership and organization, she went to the camp, she did the energizers. I mean, I, I watched it in my own home and, and there's part of me that probably even being a teacher from doing it in high school myself and growing through it and running for state. We didn't win, but it's okay. It was Boonville. Um, (laughs) We still ran, you know, we still tried. And and I can, I'm 52, but I can still remember when I was 18 years old in Warrensburg, um, do the don't worry, be happy song. You know, that was our skit to run for state. I mean, it's just something that once it's ingrained in you, it just, it does not leave. And and it does prepare you for life. Whether you realize it at the time. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is just confidence. Like, I distinctly remember the shift in myself the first year I went to camp when I was, you know, 14, 15, however old I was. And it's that confidence of not only do I feel comfortable getting outside of my comfort zone, trying something new, but then going back to the failing. Okay, if I don't do well, that doesn't make me a failure. It just means I can grow from here. But then also believing in other people. Because if they see, oh, you're willing to try something new and different that you've never done before. Maybe I could have that same confidence too. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that goes back to the advisors of how are they making the kids feel instead of saying, okay, this didn't work and, and saying, okay, what's the next step? Where do we go from here? I think that's what builds the confidence. Like it's not the end all be all. Right. I can still do Especially this. as they merge then into a professional career, you know, with that entry level job and that overwhelming sense of, I really hope I don't mess up because then I'm not going to pass that probationary period. But it makes me comfortable with, I don't have to be perfect. I just have to try my best. Yeah, I see my students really putting themselves out there while they're with me in student council, and that just continues on and on and on after they leave me. And, I mean, I've just seen so many great accomplishments by my students after they leave my student council program and doing great things, sometimes in sororities, fraternities. Now they're in the workforce doing great things, too. So, I mean... That's just what, it's just that mindset you develop to put yourself out there, keep putting yourself out there. And that's something that my kids have just continued to do. And I'm continually proud of them. And I I tell this year's group the same thing. I'm like, you will benefit by this. This will end up 
you'll get dividends. All this time you're putting in, it seems like it's pointless sometimes. You're putting hours and hours of time, but it you're getting that mindset, that growth mindset where you're going to come out ahead in the long run. Yeah, I think culturally, socially, we live in a society where people want to find the problems and everything. And it's like, okay, what are you going to do about it? How do you fix it? Oh, I don't know. I can't do anything. And my favorite quotation is from Margaret Mead. She was an anthropologist. It says, never doubt that a small group of individuals can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. And I think that's, that's student council. It's those kids that think, here's an idea. Here's how we can make something better. And they have the confidence to let us try it. You know, it might be small this year, but then it ends up growing and becoming bigger and bigger. And a decade down the road, it's a huge community tradition. But yeah, it's those student council kids, like you said, the growth mindset that they believe they can and they find a way. So uh, I'm married to a person that I met through student council. We met at the 50th uh, anniversary state convention in Jefferson City. That was my first state convention. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were part of that magic. <laughs> yeah. I was probably the reason why. You yeah, did. for yeah. sure. You didn't, didn't get in the way. Let's yeah. Yeah. No, you didn't I, get yes. in the way. No. <laughs> took a look at Jacob. Took a look at Dan. Yeah, like, oh, I'm going yeah. Jacob. Believe you me, nobody saw 13-year-old Dan Wright and thought, maybe that's my future. There wasn't a real concern. <laughs> so she has a, a very similar leadership background. She went to, through MASC, did, did camps. She did um, some of the national camps. JC, all those great things. And she now works in the finance world, but she's never taken a business class, never taken a finance class. She has degrees in psychology and student affairs. She wanted to help students, you know, kind of service minded. And she is, in my opinion, wildly successful. She just has helped this company through this big merger. They manage billions of dollars and it blows me away how much they value her. And in, in the private sector, how they reward their people that they value. And as a teacher, sometimes I was jealous, <laughs> but, but it was also one of those things where I could tell students like, you know, you don't have to be, you don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to work in a nonprofit. These skills will help you in all things. And I will prop up my wife because, you know, she's the product of that, but to look back on all the years of students that went through my program, there was a, a young man, he was actually um, my first president, Thomas Persinger. He, he just got his PhD, shout out to you, Thomas. Um, he told me something when he was uh, transitioning to go for his PhD, that his leadership experience may not be the thing that gets him the job. That's gonna be his college, right? That's gonna get him a job, but it's his leadership skills that are going to get him the raises and move him up to be even more and successful. And that always really stuck with me. And I tried to let students know, like, there's so many different things that you can do in life. You know, there's all these other organizations and programs that you can be a part of, but what you do in student council, what you do in leadership will propel you in my mind further and further and further through those things. And it's, it's been great to see so many students throughout MASC. Like when I do a deep dive on some people, you know, and like, where, where are they at? I'm just curious. Um, and I'm just like, wow, how cool that, that we're all part of this. Yeah. I tell my students all the time, your hard skills will get you the job. Your soft skills will keep you the job. Yeah. And student council is all about those soft skills. For sure. Working with other people, your communication, just all those general leadership skills that you're going to need no matter where you go in life. Well, I want to thank you all for, for joining me on this. Uh, hopefully we can have some more conversations. This is uh, a little 
nerve wracking for me because normally I have my, the, my normal podcast crew. This is the first time I've gone out solo and had this many people. So I appreciate your insights and it's great to, to be here around Stuco people. Well, thank you for having yeah, us. Yeah, yeah thank you. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Where the Whiteboards Are. The opinions expressed in our podcast are that of the individuals and do not represent the opinions of their employees, school districts, or communities in which they work.